0: Welcome to So You Want to Be a Witch, the podcast for soul-centered entrepreneurs and the people who love them. Welcome back to So You Want to Be a Witch. I am your host, Sarah M. Chapel, and today we have some very exciting guests. I'm really delighted to introduce you to Marlene Vargas and Alex Noreno from House of Intuition. Y'all, welcome. Thank you so much for being here today.
1: Thank you so much for having us. Thank you, Sarah. Yes, definitely.
2: I'm Marlene. And I'm Alex. (laughs) Yes, You guys will get to know our voices. I'm the louder one and I speak a little bit faster. It's Marlene. Um, And And I'm Alex.
1: I speak a little slower. I speak a little less and a little lower (laughs) (laughs) in volume.
0: everyone will get to get to play the game to make sure they know who's talking when Um, (laughs) audio is powerful but when we get three voices on it does get a little confusing but i think we'll we will manage just fine and you know to our dear listeners uh, i find it hard to believe you wouldn't be familiar with house of intuition um but in case you aren't um you know house of intuition has grown from a small shop that offered crystals and tarot and intuitive services to one of the largest most well-known metaphysical brands in the u.s I know for me personally, House of Intuition was probably the first metaphysical brand I saw that had like gorgeous design (laughs) that was like so visually enticing in addition to being deeply um, heartfelt in in spirituality. And in addition to these many in-person shops, uh, Alex and Marlene just wrote a book, which is so amazing, called Your Intuition Led You Here, which talks both about their story of creating house of intuition and then lots of practical magic, if you will, um, to help you connect to your own intuition and develop your own practice. Um,
2: so did I leave anything out? What else do you want to share? No, Who you did you? What do you do? Wow.
1: You did absolutely amazing. I love the introduction. Uh-huh. Um, the, I, I want to say just really quickly that house of intuition did not start looking the way it looks now. How so funny. I was still going to hit the same thing.
2: Yes, because I love the fact that you pointed out about the design, Yeah. you know, that the design actually was very intentional um, when we first started like Alex said, 2010, uh, we had mustard walls and green trim and was very cluttered with a bunch of stuff. I mean, like you probably had to walk over things. That's how much things were all over this place in the little place in um, Echo Park, which is a ha- an actual house that ha- houses about four different rooms in it for the retail space. And um, I'd say two, 2014 is when we really started to look at the design and look and see that we were only catering to people that would be okay with that feel, which is, you know, a very dark, uh, I'm not going to say dark in like negative energy dark. I'm saying, saying you know, we like the mystical kind of vibe that, that you know, you don't know what's around the corner, but you're curious totally. to see it. Um, mm-hmm. And so we were like really sitting with that. And when we started to make product, we realized, you know, the only people we were going to attract were the people that were looking, you know, and were comfortable in those kind of places. Because I know I wasn't back then and neither was Alex, should I say. And this is why we even opened up the house of intuition was one of the reasons why was because when we would walk into spiritual shops, such as like botanicas, which is very, you know, accustomed to our um culture because we're both latinas um that it just felt very um uh, definitely mystical, but along the lines of scary. Like I didn't know what mm-hmm. it was and and I wasn't really comfortable. So Alex and it's I were like, it was very intimidating. Mm-hmm. Um, and we wanted to have a space that was open and clean. And, and that's where you see the chandeliers and the black and white. The black and white coloring actually does represent your ego and your spirit. So it's, you know, the negative and the light side within us. Um, and just to be able to, to really pull your guys' intuition into the store, which leads us to your intuition led you here. Not really like knowing what you're walking into. And a lot of our customers don't. Like they literally just walk in going, what is this place? Like, I don't mm-hmm. know. I got drawn in here. So I love the fact that energetically people are are really, you know, they tap mm-hmm. into their intuition from the beginning of even walking into the store, which I love. That's why the design is the way it is.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, and I think it, it, it's- such a um I mean for me when I was kind of reactivating my on my own spiritual path, was probably around the time that y'all were making these major changes and I remember that it like seeing your seeing your brands and seeing your candles in particular I'm just being really struck by the the cleanness and the openness of that design yes in contrast to a lot of the kind of more um classic kind of spiritual shops I always think of like yes like dusty like like old like new age pagan shops with like lots of heavy dark velvet and like you don't know what's happening and like I'm like, I'm fine with that, but it's not welcoming to as
2: many people as you said. And like Alex said, it can be intimidating. Um, i, think I, I to- say that we probably are the ones that started, like I do have to say back in 2010, mm-hmm. you know, um, <laughs> when we started the like new, like clean look on all of our branding and our products. You know, I remember going because in the beginning, we didn't know which direction we were going, right? We didn't know if we were going to just stay one shop or people would come out and want to like buy wholesale from us. So we were more open to wholesale because we wanted to get the brand out there. And I remember going to this one particular um, place that holds like they sell a lot of metaphysical products to many different um, stores, mom and pops and larger shops. And I was like, you know, well, maybe we can have them wholesale. They have reps and so forth. And we totally got turned down. They were like, Ooh. no, your brand is, you know, this doesn't, uh, you know, it, it's not, it doesn't have the, um, the symbolism mystical... and the mystical vibe. And, but I'm like, but people love it. Like, you don't understand our candles are like our biggest sale and they totally ripped us up. Like, they're like, oh. no, this isn't. And let me tell you years later, it wasn't even years later. I had to say about two years later. They were knocking on our door.
1: <laughs> and I'm
2: like, no, too bad. We don't want to anymore. We don't want to. But now everybody's kind of accustomed. Now people are now doing the clean look, the, you know, it doesn't have to be so um covered with all kinds of information. You know, I think people are are definitely having a cleaner look on their metaphysical products. And I I have to say that I. I want to say we placed placed a part in that.
0: <laughs> oh, I mean, as a, as a as an outsider consumer uh, person in the marketplace, definitely. I, I think that traces <laughs> right back to y'all. Um, and, and it seems, you know, like like you both kind of alluded to when we just started talking that mm-hmm. this is really in a response to your own experience getting into spiritual spaces because both of you come from much more traditional kind of religious backgrounds,
1: right? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I myself grew up um, Catholic. My parents, well, my father's kind of, he's, he just kind of does his own thing. Uh, <laughs> but my mom, my mom was very Catholic. And then, um, so I grew up, I was, you know, did the whole uh, first communion, the whole, all of that. But there were times that there were things that that were happening that just didn't resonate with me that just felt like, why, why do I have to do that? Like, why do I have to sit in in a room with this man and tell him my sins? And then it just felt, didn't feel right for me. And so early on, I started thinking, I started questioning those things, but I never really did anything about it because, you know, that was my upbringing. That was my family, like all my family's Catholic. So I just kind of went with the flow, but as I grew older and I started going to school I kept questioning, and so I'm a sociology major. I went to school, and so that prompted like taking these classes, these religion classes and all these things. And so I just started kind of pulling different things that resonated with me, from Buddhism to just a huge array of different um practices. And what felt right for me was that. And I felt like, wow, like why do we have to be boxed in? Like why do we have to? you know, only follow one thing. Like who says that that's, that's how it's supposed to be. Mm
2: -hmm. So I just
1: kind of started doing my own thing.
2: And I was a total closet witch, like I remember being like and I didn't, you know, I was like one of those ones that like it's in the book, guys, um, that she mentioned in the beginning. But Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you a little tidbit about it. Um, But I remember like being like nine or 10 years old, like lighting candles in my room and like praying to the spirits, you know, like the Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, (laughs) like looking at the mirror going Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary. Like I wanted to see a spirit. I wanted to like connect to the to that beyond. But Of course, it wasn't something my parents would have wanted me to practice. But I do remember like wanting to play with the dead people around me and I didn't understand it. I didn't know, like, I knew there was other forces out there and I would talk to them, but I didn't see, or uh, I could say I could feel them, but again, it wasn't nurtured. So I didn't quite understand it until I got older until now. Then I, now I realized, damn, man, I wish I wouldn't have suppressed that. I would have been on TV. <laughs> you had your own
0: show. I would have my own
2: show. I don't know. Um no, for, but for reals, it was just uh, something that was within me. And then I just went into religion really hard, like Bible beating hard. Like I went from Catholicism to Christianity. I even dabbled a little bit in like different kind of cults, like um, uh, religious, like uh, what is it? Magical practices and things. And I was like, whoa, that's too scary. Like, oh, that's, that's not me, you know? Um, but then I met Alex and When she started to like burn candles and pray, I was afraid of that, I have to say, because again, religion and my practices were like, you don't open up doors that, that, you know, you don't want something to come in. So I was a very guarded in that area, but all it took was me to feel vulnerable. And I think a lot of people can probably feel the same way um, that I asked, like, how did you get into these practices? it's because when we're vulnerable my aunt had passed away so when when i was like in that vulnerable state of wanting to connect with her and like everything had fallen apart materially in this world that i was praying to god i was like please help me help me help me and then someone came to me and asked me you know you should have a tarot reading and of course like why not like i was already defeated in life i felt i felt like nobody was understanding I couldn't connect to anybody. So having the connection to my aunt that had passed was the only thing I needed to hear. And I had my first tarot reading and that changed my entire life. It was like everything that I had was told, everything that, you know, my parents um, said as far as like, this is evil, this is bad. You know, they do, they protect you as children and they do the best for you. But we come in this world alone, and we have to find our own way. And I realized at that moment that I was different. I wasn't in, like, I wasn't connected to religion as powerful as maybe my family was. And by hearing this tarot reader speak to my aunt in ways that she would have never knew what she was saying, like, I was like, how did you do that? Why, how are you connecting with her? Like, I want to do that. I know my aunt doesn't want to talk to you to talk to me. Like, that makes no sense to me. Like, she wants to talk directly to me. And how can I do that? And it just kind of like struck that interest of there's, you know, if there's a God, if there's this huge creator out there, which I believe that there is, why would he only give? those special like connections to certain individuals only like why would he only allow this tarot reader to connect to my aunt and not me and I thought that's not like if if, I'm a parent so I know you know I wouldn't want one child to have something and another child not to So it got me thinking like, Hey, like I, I must have this muscle too. Like I have to have this connection. It kind of, you know, opened the doors up for sure. And then when I met Alex and her candle magic burning, that was another like, Whoa, like that isn't something that we're supposed to be doing. Who are you praying to, you know? And I, but of course she was, she was hot so I, I always say that she was hot i couldn't i, I definitely wanted to date her do anything <laughs> for that right <laughs> candles oh. are fine <laughs> candles are fine whatever you want to bring girl come <laughs> on bring it oh can't
1: see me blushing but i'm blushing right now <laughs>
2: <laughs> but it's the truth um so i was like okay i can do this and and i would watch her and it took a few i mean a while for me to actually join in because my son I too also put him in private school. He, he had a a Christian background, you know, so he was like, mom, what's that lady doing? So he was also afraid. I was like, don't ask, just go upstairs, you know, just don't do, don't touch your, don't touch touch your stuff, you know, just don't touch it. Don't look, don't touch. And then I started to realize like things were happening. I mean, like like, of course, it was de- during the time of 2007. I know you you guys probably remember this time. It was, you know, 2007 to 2009. It was a pretty big recession. You know, uh, a lot of properties went belly up. Um, people were losing their jobs pretty much like it feels like right now, um, but in a different way because we didn't have the pandemic. But um, it was definitely a devastating time for a lot of us. And so at that time I was in in a desperation like I said vulnerability does open you up to a lot of things and I saw that what she was praying on like it was happening like little things like you know we couldn't pay the mortgage we would pray, we would pray she would pray I pray in my own little way she would be burning candles walking around in a circle around the moon like doing some dances and singing singing and doing crazy stuff and I was like okay like you do you I'll do me <laughs> And, you know, we would randomly get like, uh, I I can never forget this because nobody get no check from no IRS, like in the middle of the year for no reason, you know? And I was like, what? I was like, the IRS gave us money? I was like, how did this happen? Like, now that is magical, like super magical, right?
0: That is magic proof right there.
2: (laughs) That's all I needed. IRS gave me a check. I'm in. I'm like, so sold (laughs) sold for sure. (laughs) So then I just like, then we started to do like honey jars and money jars and all of these fun things. And it was fun. It was exciting. It was definitely something to put our attention towards that was like, you know how, when I I, I realized for me, how powerful rituals were for me was because praying was always a very big part of my daily ritual. You know, I would pray in the morning. I thank God. I thank God at night. I thank my spirits, my angels, my ancestors, all that stuff. That's always been with me. However, I've never done anything materialistically, like here, like offering them like a cake or, you know, doing like a candle with um herbs and for them and praying to them for it. Like it was something that was, I was doing an action with that made it so much more powerful. It was like the sacred items that no longer belong to like, you know, when I go to the market, like I would pick certain fruits, but I would pick it, not just randomly put them in bags, but I would literally look at every, yeah, with intention. Mm -hmm. So I would literally look at all of them like, oh yeah, this one's perfect, you know, and it would be like so sacred to me and I would take it home and I would wash it and place it on the altar. So everything had such beautiful meaning and um, it connected me in a way that I never, ever connected before. And so I realized that the power was like of my essence, my energy. I never felt in that kind of a way before. You know, I felt that it was, it was moving things that I couldn't move unless I had the intention behind it. And so that was very eye-opening to me. And let me tell you, this eye-opening stuff, it, it's still happening today. Like things that I did 10 years ago, I didn't realize until now like, whoa, like, I get it, you know, and so the journey continues to go on, and these rituals really did connect me, so I do have to say that's kind Mm -hmm. of what started the House of Intuition was.
1: Yeah, Yeah. and I think it's important to note, um, for us, I felt for a long time that, like, I was the only one that kind of like had to do this and really not tell anybody because think people might think I'm weird or whatever. And I think a lot of people probably can relate to this because, you know, oftentimes our families don't understand that, you know, especially parents are old, old school, you know, unless they were like hippies in the sixties or something that might be more open. But I think in general, um, we fall into this like fear of expressing what it is that feels right for us and so it's important to note that you know it doesn't have you don't have to be fearful because as we explain in our book we talk about it how like our families now are so open and they have altars and like they're crazy doing rituals open. and like, and and it's yeah it's just you just have to you have to make it okay and you have to make it safe and they will understand they will come around so some I think yeah not, maybe not all but maybe some not will. all but 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 a lot well yeah for sure.
0: That's amazing, and I imagine that this experience with your families and with your your both of you and yourself coming to this this kind of practice. I mean, now you get to facilitate that for what, thousands and thousands of people through House of Intuition. I mean, that ripple effect of not just for those individuals, but their families
2: and their communities is so massive. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think a lot of the younger children, you know, the younger kids. I have a 27-year-old, so even younger than that. I have to say, you know, the House of Intuition, I I always feel it's super special like for it to grow so quickly, you know, with um I I like I said I took you guys to 2007 to 2009, House of Intuition opened in 2010. So the recession happened. We lost everything. So we had no money. Like House of Intuition was literally built on like a lot of prayer. And we basically let our house go into foreclosure and we sold off everything that we had owned um, to have the House of Intuition.
1: Which we had done very well for ourselves prior because Mm -hmm. she had several properties. I had several properties because that was a time when you could, you know, buy a, a house with no money down and, you mm-hmm. know, all this stuff that caused this huge blowout at the end of the day that was not, you know, that was not good. So we both were lost pretty, lost everything, basically. Yes.
2: And so we, we opened up the house. I like to say it was pillow talk. You know, we had a, a tarot reading and we used mm-hmm. to always talk. We used to always talk at night, you know, our date nights, because, we didn't have a lot of money at that time, um, that we would rent we would go and buy, you know, one dollar lottery tickets or sometimes $5 lottery tickets. And we would sit little scratchers and we would have date night and we'll watch TV, all the reality shows, you know, and we would sit there and and scratch our lottery tickets. And we'd be like, babe, if we win the lottery, what would you get? You know? And I'm like, and we would just kind of like bounce off these ideas of course, you know, buy a house. We would, you know, travel, we'd buy our parents a home, just all of those things. But we would always land on this like spiritual detox center. Like, you know, because tarot, like I said, I, I feel that not only did it change my life, I felt like it saved my life. And you guys can all read the book because I was in very deep depression. And there was a lot of things that happened prior to um, my first reading that led you to that led year. me to my first reading. And so we would like because of that reading and because I thought that tarot readers were so bad, you know, I was told that they're evil, that, you know, you don't look into the future, that all they want is your money. Um, I was told all these things. So when I had my first reading, I was like, this woman's like she's sweet, like she's nice, like she didn't ask me, you know, to do like any crazy spell on me or anything like that. And so I was like, you know, people have bad rats. So we so wanted to do the five dollar
1: reading with the fifteen hundred dollar Oh no, I had one of those. I ain't gonna lie though. I
2: have (laughs) two. I've had one of those. So there's, there, there are not such great people out there either. I mean, I'm not going to say all tarot readers or, you know, clairvoyants are great people, Um, which is
1: part of our motivation for creating the house of intuition and providing a space that is safe, that you don't have to worry that that's going to happen to you.
2: Right. So we would always land on, you know, we want a spiritual detox center and we would, what would you have in it, honey? And it's like, oh, we would do this and we would have authentic readers and we would teach people how to, you know, tap in and blah, blah, blah. Like we would just, just fantasize, not knowing that we were actually setting intention because we didn't even know what that word was. Like, so then, um, we had a reading and it said, um, we asked a question and basically they said, I'm gonna let you guys read the book because, you know, I don't want to give you too many tidbits now. Um, (laughs) but basically, you know, it, it said, absolutely. Like, this is where you belong. This is your destiny. And five days after that one reading, we opened up the House of Intuition, we signed a lease. And and it's crazy to think. And I do feel that, you know, in going back to what I was going to say was, you know, I feel like the House of Intuition was the breaking point to opening up. I mean, there's been so many shops previously prior to that is just like ours, but has been different. Um, And this vision or this new way of, of going into esoteric practices Um, I do have to say that we we probably started the groundwork on that. And the newer and the kids, the younger generation can connect to this. They don't have churches. They're not going to Sunday school. You know, I went to Sunday school. I went to get my catechism, my first communion, all of those things. You know, they don't do that. They don't. You can barely get them to sit down at dinner, you know, so. They, they're like off on their own and they're very in tuned to mother earth. I do have to say like, yeah. you know, they know they're, they're very connected and they're such great teachers that are, they're coming, you know, coming, to, coming into earth. And they are not going to go into the traditional church settings, you know, and uh, this is the new way of doing our religious
1: practices along with our spiritual practices, combining them together. Yeah. So and I think the pandemic really ooh, kind of think taught about us yes. a lot, you know, because you, you think about we were locked up. And so people that are going to church on Sunday, or some people at, like my mother would go to church, probably four or five times a week, all of a sudden, she was stuck at home. And so how do you, how do you do, you know, how do you practice? How do you pray? How do you, you have to just figure it out. And so I feel like, this was kind of kind of forced everyone into like being more open to, to having like a spiritual practice on top of your religious practices, which is fine. That's how we do it. We, Mm -hmm. we have our religious foundation, which things that we do, we say, you know, our prayers and things like that. However, outside of that, we also have our spiritual practice and we combine them.
2: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think the pandemic, you're absolutely right. Like it um, we did see a shift you know, like our online store went bananas. I was like, whoa, you guys are going to crash us. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, you know, we had our online store and our online store will really played at that time because we opened two stores since the pandemic. We opened up our Orange County um, store in the lab. We were actually in construction during the pandemic right when it happened. So we had to shut that down and we didn't uh, get to finish construction until middle of opening um, when they started opening up LA again. And then we just recently opened up Sherman Oaks and it was a scary thing to think like, okay, you know, do we continue to grow? Is this something that we should do during a pandemic? Like this is, you know, a little nuts because when they shut all of our doors, we shut eight stores down and three warehouses. Wow. Like, could you imagine? Wow. Like, I was like, oh my God, and the rents, we still have to pay the rents. We still, we and had we have to let go employees. Of like over 40 employees, which was the saddest. god, oh, uh, We cried. Like, it was horrible. Like, for days. I'm not going to lie. Like our team, our management team was like, it's going to be okay. And I'm like, no, you know, cause these people, some of them were with us for two years. Like it was so hard to, to let go of people and not know what, what was going to happen to us. But I think that with the pandemic, it did because we did have a surge of people now seeking, you know, to a point of They were seeking before, but this is people that would have never, I think, reached out hadn't had something so big happen. Like people are really starting to build altars, be open to building altars at their home, being open to create temples in their home. You know, that that is so widespread now. That is like so beautiful to see because 2010, I was like, oh, my God, we were lucky. We had one (laughs) person up those stairs in Echo Park. I was like. Nobody really came to us, you know. We were begging for people to come in. But now it's it's so open. So I think the newer generation is helping us see that, you know, they're connected. They're not going to want to go to church. So how are you going to instill, you know, as parents, how are you going to instill in them, you know, the, the love for um, our creator or, or a connection to source or a connection to something outside of just themselves that is, um, is religious based, but yet spiritual connection, like trying to understand as a parent, like, okay, you're not going to read a Bible, but do you believe in God? You know, so it's a new learning curve for all of us. You know, my, like she said, my parents are in their seventies. So the first thing my dad said to me was like, oh, you're going to open up a hippie store. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, I still I don't still don't think he knows to the magnitude of who we are. Um he doesn't really ask. He's like, I don't know if it's a fear thing or not, but um he he definitely is open to it to the point of like we serve our spirits on Thanksgiving day before we actually serve ourselves and he places his little plate um with a candle and his picture of his mother and father, which I thought is like so adorable. It took him a few years. It took him about a good about maybe six, seven years to start doing that practice. But I just the fact that just this past Thanksgiving, we did it. We always do a gratitude a a candle for that day. And we place um, a beautiful altar and we um, serve the spirits before we serve ourselves. And Alex and I and my child, of course, he's he's totally aboard. um, And my sister, we're already on on it. And but my dad never really participated and this year we asked everybody to um, say out loud like their ancestor that they would like to give the offering to. And I was so surprised. My father was like one of the first ones that started rambling off. Oh, my cousin, because he just died of COVID and um, his mom. And I was like, oh, OK, I don't want to make a big deal about it, because if you do, sometimes parents shut down. So I was like, <laughs> I was like, huh? like, like Scooby-Doo, like, what? <laughs> okay, cool. Like, it was so exciting to see that um, people, like we need to change. And I mean, technology, everything is about evolution and growth. And so I think that these new shops, I see a lot of them out there now, um, and healers, and I didn't even know what Reiki was when we first started, you know, I think everybody knows the word Reiki nowadays, or shaman, like shaman was even a new word back in 2010. So it's it's definitely amazing to watch the growth and evolution. Yeah,
1: I love to see new shops and, you know, what they bring and you know, that everybody has something different, something different to offer. And we're all about empowering and teaching and mm-hmm. spreading the word and everybody, you know, we can all, you know, the more the merrier. So it's very exciting to see people really coming out and, and jumping in and developing that entrepreneurship, you know, thing that, that, that people do. I think it's important. I think it's great.
2: And I like what you said, as far as like the shops, because, There's um, our shop. I I know we were really hesitant, you know, about like kind of opening up what is a shop that's because we didn't want to exclude any kind of religious practice or cult practices. We wanted everybody to just have a space. And so we knew that if it wasn't if it was all inclusive, we would get a little bit of backlash, which we do. And we do do we do get a lot of backlash, you know, even to this day, because it's just very much like a religious practice. In those practices, we, you know, they're very boxed in and they're very secretive, which we honor, you know, that's their practice. And but I also believe that there's a place for us. There's a place for them. There is a place for religion. Uh, We're all different individuals. And so the more that we are able to have our own individual practices and every shop that's out there, you know, stick to what their belief system is. but honor everybody else's, you know, decision-making and choices, I think we can all coexist.
0: It's so exciting hearing you talk about kind of the evolution of, I mean, I love this, especially Marlene talking about your family kind of as like a a, a parallel story, but of of the marketplace of the spiritual beliefs and practices, and Alex, I think you're completely right that the, the pandemic really cracked that open for people. And, and, you know, Marlene, like you were talking about, it was a real vulnerable moment, right? It, it mm-hmm. gave people that push maybe to explore something new. As you all look back on over 10 years of, of House of Intuition and heading into just opening up your new shops and launching the book, what do you see your, for both of you, your role as being heading into the next decade? You know, what, what are you looking at? What are you, what are you whispering to each other in your, in your intuition setting? You know, what's the, what's the vision for your next phases as leaders in our metaphysical community?
2: You know, um, if you would have asked me that question prior to House of Intuition in any other business, because I, I had a medical bill, billing business for 13 years and then I was in real estate, I would have had a really solid answer for you. Um, however, being in with the House of Intuition, we had no business plan. Um, we were guided okay. by our intuition. We still don't, you know, and <laughs> I, I always ask, it. girl, <laughs> me, I always master. Right. I always ask spirit, what you going to have me do next year? Like, because literally like Alex and I worked the shops ourselves, you know, we were the sales clerks that you saw for the first four years inside the stores. Um, And then, you know, it was like a new transition. Then it was like, no, like, you know, you have this fear of we didn't know how big we were going to grow. We didn't, again, we don't have financial backing guys. We don't, a lot of people think we're, we're franchised. We're not. It's all just Alex and I. We also we do have wow. one partner in Miami um, that is a family member that we partnered up with because he lives in Miami and we um we're gonna go ahead and we broke broke ground, I like to say in Miami and we're gonna continue to grow there. But I always like I, I was really um in the beginning after the four years of like working the shop and being forced into, you know, you don't you get afraid of like this new baby that you have and like as far as the actual locations. That you can't, you feel like you can't leave them, right? You have to leave them to strangers, right? Because you have employees now, and I never had employees. So I'm like, whoa, like, how is this gonna work? And then I had to learn how to, you know, now be a manager, you know, of a retail store, right? And then I had to learn how to do payroll, and then I had to learn how to work. Like um, inventory. Now I had to be, you know, a buyer. Now I had to like learn the warehouse. And let me tell you, Alex drove the van, and we would we would literally do all of our deliveries ourselves. Like I was a delivery man, you know. Like <laughs> I, you know, we did packing for our for our online oh store. God. I mean, we've done it all. Like so, when you ask me like, what's our next move? Like I didn't even know I was going to be an author. Like I'm an author now. Like you know, no, no. so. So it's like, what is spirit going to have me do? I feel like um, intuitively, what I feel that they're guiding us to is now it's like this new um, way of operating the business, which we have to learn how to step back a little bit. And now some of our management team that's been with us six to eight years are now taking on larger roles. Um, and allowing us to here sit here with you guys now on a podcast, which is so new to us, interviews that those are things that Alex and I kind of stood away from. And I'll tell you why, guys. Um, it was purposely done. Everything done with the House of Intuition is pretty intentional. Um, we never wanted anybody to fall in love with Alex and I, you know, um, being that in the beginning of the um the stores. And I would, even before product was made, because we never had product in our locations in the beginning in 2010, we only wanted readers, which is so ironic, right? It's in the book, guys, Uh (laughs) on how product came about. But um, I would like, I never wanted to push our personal practices onto somebody else. Because remember, I come from a religious background. So I didn't want to push my religion or my spiritual practice onto anybody. I wanted everybody to kind of feel it for themselves. And so our candle burning and our rituals never came into the location until I would get like an individual that was really needing it. It was like, are you open to me making you a candle? And they're like, uh, well, what is that? And I would explain it. And they're like, yeah. And then I would make them a candle. They'd come, they'd pick it up or I'd make them a bath. They'd come and pick it up. And that was it. It was just given to them. And then I realized that like oh, like these people are really interested in wanting to do work. So then they would they would look for me and Alex and they would come in and they'd go, is Alex and Marlene here? And they're like, oh no, they don't come in until um, later on. Okay, I'll be back. And they would leave. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. then I realized, oh, how? Like we're disempowering these people. Like this isn't what we wanted to create. We didn't want to create people to like, what if we flew off the face of the earth? Like we have to teach them how to make the candles. We need to teach them how to do baths. We need to teach them these things because we can not have them leaning on us. And so after the fourth year, like that's when we kind of backed up and we're like, no, we can't, we need to, we need to have house of intuition, be a household name. We need to hold, have its own entity, like the house has to have its own feeling. And we can't be the persuasive ones to like be in there going like, oh, like, oh, I like Marlene's personality or like Alex's personality, or I think she's cool or whatever. Like, I wanna hang out with them. No, 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 I want them to feel it for themselves. This is your practice. I wanted to help them. I didn't want to like befriend people, you know, in a way that stopped or or blocked their spiritual journey. So that is why we kind of step behind now I feel it's time. Like how, like the spirits are like, no, now it's time. You guys need to come out. You guys, that's why a lot of people don't even know we're Latin owned. People mm-hmm. are shocked. They're like, what? Like there's Latinas behind that? Like, <laughs> cause it looks, it's all, I get a lot of, oh, they're, they're trust fund babies. You know, I get a lot of that. I get a lot of, you know, oh, it's a franchise, you know? So I hear all these little things throughout the years. And does it make me cringe a little bit? Yes. Because I want to just go like, no, it's us, you know, but it's not about us. It never has been about us. And so now I feel like our next chapter will be because of the book. I really want to go out and, you know, meet the people that have supported the house of intuition. And, and also Just had trust in themselves and trust in the space that they felt, um, you know, safe and um, enough to practice. And I feel Alex and I can go out now and show them really the rituals that that we do that has created and helped build the house and supported the house. And it's time for us to step out in the shadows. And it's scary. Let me tell you, because now I'm like, you know, I've been hidden for eleven years it's we're going on the 12th year just this March. So it's like, it's scary, but I think that's what the how what the spirits want. And so now I need to learn how to talk. (laughs) I need to learn. I need to learn how to like be in front of people without like, you know, my hands all sweaty, and I'm all scared and vulnerable. But um, if that's what they want, that's what they want. And I do feel that that's gonna let's see where this takes us, you know,
1: I yeah, I think that as far as like, the future what i see honestly this the book has there's a lot of very raw personal like stories that are being shared for the first time yeah for the very first time and so i think hopefully you know in they may people are going to connect because there's you know there's there's sorrow, there's sadness, there's happiness. So there's all kinds of stories that I think people can relate to, to a degree, as far as the emotion connected to it, maybe not exactly what happened to us to get us to where we are today. So, you know, with the book, I feel like we, I would like to see it like on people's coffee tables, like a a conversational piece that people can like sit around and be like, Oh, have you tried this spell? Because we do have Really, like Marlene said, we have spells that we used ourselves to in our journey that really there was like stuff that I couldn't even believe that came true with (laughs) the stuff that we were doing, you know, so. (laughs) So we wanted to share. <laughs> we wanted crazy. to share that. And but we also wanted to make it where it's very practical and not intimidating, where you know, you just open your cupboard and there's products there that you can use to dress a candle. That's basically or, what we used. Yeah, we didn't, yeah, we, we didn't, didn't have use that any much money. Yeah, we didn't have a lot of money. So we were basically using herbs that we use for cooking, <laughs> different things, you know. So we wanted to make it that so that people even You know, people that are starting on their journey that they're not intimidated, that they don't have to go out and search for a, you know, I don't know, a frog or (laughs) turtle shell from you know, 2000 BC or whatever. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't have to be complicated is what I'm trying and to not, say. And not only that are intimidating because, or intimidating, because yeah. I know that
2: when I was starting our, our spiritual practices, I thought I had to, I had to be in some kind of like organization in order for me to be practicing in this way. And I don't want people to think that they need to drop their religious practice because they're going to be burning a candle or making a money jar or, you know, anything like, or a spiritual bath. Like they don't have to drop any of that. It's just an, add addition to their practices that they're practicing already. So I'm I'm hoping that you know we can open up some eyes and and see for themselves because I always tell people there's a lot of people in the beginning that was very connected to religion and they would just stumble into the shop again like they would be like where am I like what is this Mm -hmm. like what do you guys do here? And then I would talk and they would like immediately turn around and start to walk out and I'm like "Whoa, whoa wait a minute like There's a reason you may have walked in here. And, you know, so if we if we drop what we've already been taught, because if you do things through your own experience, you know, we teach our child, like, don't touch the stove because it's hot and you touch it and he burns himself. Like, of course, we don't want we don't want that. We want that kind of guidance. However, this kind of guidance, you know, when they were telling me, don't do a tarot reading because you're opening up the doors to hell and, you know, you're, you're not supposed to look into the future and opening up portals. I needed to learn that on my own. I needed to follow, follow my intuition and know that this is going to be OK. And I think sometimes you need to learn things and do things through your own experience to have an actual judgment or decision on it. You know, because to the point of even like somebody not wanting to hold a crystal that's made from Mother Earth, that's made and created by our creator, not because of humans have made it. Like, why is there these beautiful amethysts and clear quartz and all of these things that hold energy? And why are they using them in our computers to conduct energy? Like, why can't we use them? Like, what are they for? And people shut themselves off to those little things that are just like, oh, no, I don't believe in that but but you're going to believe in something that a man made that that's placed in a pill that you're going to take, but you're not going to believe in something that's created by the earth. And so is it just for our vanity? Are you supposed to wear emeralds and diamonds to feel good? Like, because you want to be beautiful or is this actually our medicine? You know? So I, I take people back to like, think about when we were tribal guys, think about when we were running around this earth naked, like, and we were praying on the moon and the stars and like, None of that stuff has left us. We just evolved into who we are today. Doesn't mean that those things don't exist and, they, and they're not powerful or, or something that we can't use. Mm-hmm. So then they would be open to my thoughts.
0: So when people pick up this book, um, which by the time y'all are listening to this will be out and your intuition led you here, I think reading your stories and your perspectives, and just like what you're saying with the people you would meet in person, really grounds the concepts of intuition and magic and ritual because mm-hmm. you actually understand a lot of the objections and a lot of the fears and you've been there and you aren't making fun of people or being like just get over it you're mm-hmm. helping through your stories to really show people possibility of having a more like engaged present and en- enchanted if you will life mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and it's, it's It's going to be so exciting to see that, again, that ripple effect of your, your kind of the, the influence of house of intuition now, yes, being on people's coffee tables and starting conversations about different ways of engaging with, with our world. Really amazing.
2: (laughs) Yes. It's so, it's so enlightening and it's honestly such great motivation for us when we hear people, you know, do an actual ritual practice that from one of our candles or even something, a recipe that we've given them. And they're like, wow, this worked. I said, yes, but it's, it's because you have the power within you. Like, I'm only going to take you to step five. You need to take yourself to step 10. And it's both of us together that is creating that, you know, karmically is what you, what you should, what is what you deserve, you know? So people just don't know how to tap into that magic, but now that they are, it's like, I mean, look at us. Like I said, it's going to be 12 years. And we now have 10 stores and an online store, which acts like the 11th location. There's (laughs) no way that we could have did this all on our own without
1: connecting to those magical practices. Yeah. And I think when we first started our journey of writing the book, we, we talked a lot about how this is so kind of like, kind of like not your regular, like, witchy book if you will um it's very outside of the box so we were kind of scared of like what the people that have been in the in the business or in the practice for many many years and they have all these like you know lineage of like practices that they do and kind of like yeah ancient recipes and things that you know they don't necessarily share with other people because it you have to be initiated in some way or form like what is that going to like, what are they going to think or whatever? And then we decided, you know, like we can't, we can't live in fear. Like this is our journey. We're only talking about our journey and sharing what worked for us. You know, that doesn't mean that what everybody else is doing isn't correct. It's just, we're this, this is us and it works. Like I, I'm <laughs> it like you, for us. They're like, you can't practice like that. I'm like, who says we can't
2: practice like that? <laughs> like, like, no, that's not the way it's done. Who says it's not the way it's done? Because let me tell you, I just like, let me show you what I've accomplished, and I want you to show me what you've accomplished in the past 10 years. And tell me, <laughs> let's measure them up. Because I'm trying to understand why why my life is the way that it is had I didn't, you know, I'm not doing it the way you say to do it. So I want to understand why my life is the way that it is. And they don't have an answer for me.
0: (laughs) And y'all have even some more tools coming out and some new projects that are going to help people to build that self-trust in their own practice even more. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what's on the, on the near horizon for House of Intuition?
1: Yes, yes. We um so we have a tarot deck coming out, our own tarot deck, which is gonna That's be really- so cool. <laughs> yeah, we're super excited about that. And then we also have a journal coming out, which is gonna have a lot of really cool stuff where you can like put you know your intention and the moon cycles and all kinds of cool stuff. So That should be coming out in the near future as well. The book comes out on um, December 28th. That's the first thing that's coming out this December 28th. And then after that, um, I think, I believe next year is the uh, tarot deck in the journal. Yes, that will be coming that's what out. we're going to. Yeah, because of the pandemic, we got pushed we out got a pushed little bit. Out, yeah. But
2: we're super excited. We're also coming out for the first time, an amazing calendar. We have a calendar that comes out every year, but this one's going to be really around the book as well, guys, so that we're going to guide you a little bit on the rituals that are in the book that you can do throughout the year that we feel is um, is for that specific energy field for that month. So we're trying to give you as much guidance as we possibly can, but um, yeah, we're super excited to see the magic that this all brings
1: out. Yeah, and, and if you pre-order the book now, you we're also doing a lot of fun giveaways. We're giving a, a, for, a horoscope forecast, astrology forecast for 2022, and also like a personal one. So whatever your birthday is, you'll get an astrology forecast for that. So that's, that's something that you can get now. You can pre-order the book on Amazon or any one of those, Walmart, mm-hmm. Target, all those. Um, we also did an art installation for our book, which is called The Mirror, which is awesome. It's a 10 foot by 10 foot pyramid, pyramid that's like, like you're walking into a kaleidoscope. It's the coolest thing. Um, we had it at our opening at Sherman Oaks. Now it moved to Highland Park, so we will be doing that once the book launches, we'll we'll set it back up at uh, Highland Park location here in L.A. So, yeah, we're super excited. We definitely
2: wanted you all to fill in an energy, not just hold the book itself. So we're going to really showcase a lot of fun rituals inside of it. So if you guys are in LA, we would love for you all to come by. We'll do some book signings anywhere that we possibly can. I would love to, to meet and see you all. So yeah, exciting stuff. Yeah.
0: Well, if everyone wants to stay up to date with all of your like remarkable new offers and when they can come and hang out with you in person and signings, what's the best place for folks to find your information and um, stay up to date with House of
2: Intuition? Well, we have several different um, connections, which is on the SMS. Uh, We also have, which is texting. um, And then we have our newsletter. If you sign up on the newsletter and for SMS texting, you'll never lose a chance to actually meet with us or one of our sales or anything that's updated on product wise. Um, and then our website gives you a lot of information at www.houseofintuitionla.com, and then our Instagram House of Intuition. Our Instagram gives you a lot of information as well, and we do a lot of free live rituals um, on live every Sunday, and astrology on every Tuesday, and crystal right. talks on Thursday.
1: Ooh, fun!
0: We'll link all that up in the show notes, so folks, you can easily go get your copy of Your Intuition Led You Here and stay up to date with everything else, y'all. Do you have any like parting words of wisdom that you would like to share with our listeners about intuition, about spiritual growth, anything that's kind of on your minds and in your hearts right now?
2: Yes, the thing that pops into my head really quick is that let's share information. The more we share out there, guys, the more we share our practices. The more we share what works for us, the more we're going to grow. You know, and I think it's stop times of secret, secret society kind of practices. <laughs> I think we need to share. So then that way we're more empowered.
1: Yeah, for me, I think it's important to, I've always felt that nothing is a coincidence and you just build that muscle of your intuition and you follow it. Follow your intuition because it will not steer you wrong. Alex Marlene
0: thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today it's been just an immense pleasure to hear some more about your stories and your journey with house of intuition and to uh, to get to get a a bit of a glimpse at where where the spirits are leading you next thank you so much for your time
1: oh thank you for having us we loved it bye everyone (laughs) bye everyone
0: Bye, y'all. Um, I will see you next week. And if you um, haven't already, you need to go navigate to a place where one gets books and get your copy of Your Intuition Led You Here. Uh, you do not want to miss um, the fantastic story that uh, Alex and Marlene alluded to during our call today. Uh, it's it's really powerful stuff. And then, of course, all those beautiful rituals as well. Uh, thank you all for listening. You're the reason that we are here. I'll see you next week. Bye for now.